Ephesians chapter 2, first 10 verses. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And it raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God, not as a result of works that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Father, help us to see the amazement of this text. And Father, may we understand in the total context of this letter to the church in Ephesus, But Father, this is to us. This is to us. This is the amazing power that is unleashed by God to his people in the body of Christ. Help us fall more in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Father, also for his body. That we understand that we each here have a common communion for the eternal things in God's glory. Help us to hear Help us to know in Christ's name. Amen. I shared with you as we was coming into this section, this chapter, because this this thing just, it takes off. Because if you look at verse 11, he says, therefore, therefore is based on that first 10 verses. And then he starts talking about the unity that exists in the body of Christ. And what he starts dealing with at that point in time is how does it affect me right now? How is this in the day-to-day things that are going on? All right. We looked at chapter 1. Chapter 1 showed what was there and what was done and what was planned in eternity past. All right. Then he prayed that we'd get a handle on it. And then he steps into chapter 2 and he blows your socks off again. And you'll see in chapter 3, guess what? He prays we get a handle on it. And, 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 it's, and it's amazing to watch how this works. Because what you're looking at right now, what, what I titled this section, Alive in Christ. All right, In verse 11 to the end of the chapter, he's going to show you and I what the body of Christ is and how it works. But what he has to do first is how do you get into the body of Christ? Okay, it's, it's, it's like that saying you've heard me say, being in a church does not make you a Christian. Okay, and standing in a garage don't make you a car. But there are people who go to church and they think because I go to church, I am therefore, and you're not. That's why you see Jesus warned that there's wheat and there's tares. All right. So anyway, 
We need to understand that we are alive in Christ. Because we are alive in Christ, we are in the body of Christ. Right now. Alright? That alive in Christ is salvation. And that's what we've been going through. Salvation is from sin. And I, I don't... It is difficult for us at times to really look at the depth of our sin. Because, you know, some of us will say, well, I didn't, you know, I never went to jail or anything like that, so I'm, you know, not too bad a shape. That's irrelevant. That is irrelevant. We have to understand that you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You had no ability before Christ to respond to any stimulus. And if it was not for divine intervention, the miracle of salvation, you can't respond. You may not be a bad person. You know, I never really hurt nobody. I never stole. I don't lie much and things like that. That's irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. You are dead to the things of God. You are of your father, Adam. Which means that you like to follow lies, the deceptions of the world. That's where we started. But then we seen that it was by his love. So salvation is by God's love by with which he loved us because he was rich in his mercies. Okay, the riches of his mercy is based on the riches of his love. But we also saw that we were saved. Salvation is into life. Verse 5, we were dead in our transgressions and made alive together with Christ. As alive as Christ was coming out of the grave, that is what a Christian is right now. I have a mind now that is attuned to eternal things. But salvation is with a purpose. And we looked at this last week. Past tense, we have been seated with him in the heavenlies. We're there. My mind is in the heavenlies. I understand bits and pieces, and I gain more and more every breath that I get of really who I am in Christ. What I, a dead transgressor, now possess in life in Christ. The Apostle Paul freaked out, and he always uses it. We are in Christ. And that's what he means. I'm not in Terry anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Alright, so we are saved from sin by love into life. It is with a purpose. And now we're in point five. That salvation is through faith. Okay? All right. I have watched and listened and, you know, for years now. I, I don't know. I was, it's about 35, I guess. And, 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 I, and I can tell you, okay, the word faith is pistos. Okay. Now, don't we all feel better? All right. Um, and I, I listened to some. There are some people that are too smart for their own good. Because I have listened to some serious dissertations on faith. And I, I mean, and I've read, I, I remember there was two chapters in a book on faith. 
And when I got done with it, it was one of those, uh, okay, and what was that for? Okay, I'm a simple man. Let me tell you what faith is. It's simply believing. Okay, now, I know that you want more, but that's it. But you know what? You, If you're really honest with yourself, is not faith the makeup of human nature? I'm over 60 years old. I have never met anybody who doesn't have faith. Listen, you go get a, a can of Coke and you open that. What's in it? Okay. It takes faith to drink it. Right? You don't know what's in there. You know what's supposed to be in there. And, and yet, you believe. But that's our makeup. You go to a restaurant and you order food and they bring you out this food. Where'd that come from? Who was back there doing what? What was they doing? You don't know. You drive down the road. There's a white line or a yellow line in the middle of the road. And that stops cars how? Because by faith, you're going to stay in your lane. And by faith, you hope that guy stays in his lane. Okay, so you see what I'm trying to get at? Human nature is based on faith. I mean, turn a light switch on. How did that work? We know when it doesn't. Okay, but I mean, I can tell you as an ex-recovering electrician that electricity's theory. We have no idea how it's working. We know when we screw it up. Because we take up welding. Alright? But but other than that, we don't know how it works. Well, we think it's electrons moving. Really? Have you seen one? Well, you can't see it. Why? It's moving at the speed of light. Okay. <laughs> so, by faith. But you know what? I know that if I grab that wire and it's hot, I stick my finger on there. By faith, I know what just happened. So when when I think about this, do you realize that God understood when he made us that we're not the brightest bulbs in the package? Why? Your salvation, I want it to be simple so that you can handle it. What is it? Believe. But see, you can't even get that down because he says right here, it's a gift from God. Why? Well, dead men don't respond to stimulus. So my belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of Calvary is a gift from God so that I can grasp it. And then my little old pea brain can start expanding on. Do you really know what that means? And then you move through it and you go through trials and tribulations And all of a sudden, you start realizing that your faith is growing. What does that mean? Your belief is growing. Your trust is growing. It's not of ourselves. You can't achieve it. It's not of works. Because, you know, if it was something that you could attain to, 
every one of us would boast. I don't care how humble you think you are. If you think that you had your own faith and you generated it with the information that was given to you, you're a fool. You're a fool. Because, see, whether you know it or not, we all like the glory. Look at what? What? All right? I mean... (laughs) I get this thing from Ilya that the teaching was great. That 40 hours of flying over there wasn't. And the reason that the teaching was great is by the time I got there, I was weak so he could be stronger. That's the only reason. All right. I mean, I left on a Wednesday and got there on a Friday afternoon. Yes, sign me up. When can I do that again? I could have taken a train across the Atlantic. (laughs) Listen, God deserves the glory. God wants the glory. No one may boast, verse 9 says. Why? God did it. Remember in chapter 1? He did this before he made existence. Who gets the glory? God does. God in eternity past, the triune God put together a master plan and you and I are a part of it. And it ain't because all of a sudden you turned on the light switch. It is because God gave you a gift. Listen, the work is done. It is finished. Telestai. That's the cross. It isn't a matter of you saying, well, hey, you know, I need to probably weigh this and look at it. No. I mean, it's just like we were praying for that young lady with the sick child. We begin praying. We have no really good contact with her. It's not like we're hanging around in Portland. All right. And then all of a sudden, God's we start praying. And all of a sudden, God starts bringing Christians out of the walls in Portland. And I didn't even know there were Christians in Oregon. You, you think you're kidding? I'll give you uh, Brian Johnson's number. Ask him how well he's doing finding a church. He's been up there two years. Okay? And he says, he says they all got church in their name. He says, they got people carry Bibles around. He says, it's obvious no one's ever opened it. He's my biggest fan online. (laughs) He's my only fan online, I think, probably. The work is done. It's all done. So when you hear someone say that you have been saved by grace through faith, you have been saved by unmerited favor by believing. By believing. It is finished. Faith is simply, I believe it. All right. It's, it's one of the things that I have watched because I've gotten to travel internationally and, and, and deal with Christians. There's a huge difference for Christians outside of this country than the places that I've been. OK. You leave this country 
And you read this text. And they say, right. No, that's what it says. Why do we argue with it? Well, that was a societal thing. That was a cultural thing. Well, what does he mean he doesn't want women to teach over men? Well, he says, why? She was deceived. All right? Tell me he's wrong. But in the United States, we read something and we want to wrestle with it. I watch these people. Listen, I dealt in two hardcore Armenian countries. I mean hardcore. Okay? And, you know, they'll throw it up at me. The reason the church is so sick in the United States is you guys believe in that Calvinistic stuff. And and they throw that up at me all the time. Okay? And I tell them that's not it. All right? And and I explain to them. But you read the text to them. You take chapter 9-10 of Romans and throw it at an Arminius and watch their blood blow up in their head. Because I don't care what... Who are you, Clay, to tell the potter what to do? Jacob I love, Esau I hated. Why? I'm God! I mean, and you are something that... Well, what does he mean by that? And you know who did that every time? You know who always had that question? Females. Why did he mean by that? Well, read it. What does it say? And then they threw it. What about an infant? What about an infant? It's not dealing with infants in this text. But see what I mean? We, if you listen to the men... That I have dealt with in, in Russia and Georgia and Azerbaijan. That is hardcore Armenian. Okay. God is helpful and hopeful. All right. And it's, and it's up to us. All right. That is awful. Gosh, if it's up to us, we're doomed. <laughs> I, I love you guys, but we are in deep kimchi. I don't care what anybody says. All right. God isn't helpful and hopeful. He is the God of the universe. I remember a guy praying one time. Said, you know, God, we give you permission to heal this person. And after we got done, I walked him over and I said, you got to get a bigger God. And he says, what? I says, my God don't ask for permission and nothing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Your God's not as big as mine, evidently. See, I know how to make friends, don't I? <laughs> okay. Get a bigger God. Them little ones, ain't, they ain't that good. Okay? We have faith. It's our human nature to have faith. The difference that I see in some of these struggling countries, what we would call struggling countries, is they read this and say, Amen. We read it and want to figure out, well, wonder what he was meaning by that. Well, read it. It's real straightforward. I've never really struggled with understanding what it says. I have struggled at times. Why did he do that to us? <laughs> Why am I saved? But then I found out that in the beginning was the logos. Okay, you know what word we get from that? Logic. See, we think we have logic. And yet he spoke existence into being. 
You think about all the things that you do on a daily basis that is an act of faith. Think about it for a second. You ever thought about it? I mean, your whole existence, my whole existence is based on faith. You go to a restaurant, you don't know what's in there. Let's be realistic. You can go to the uh, grocery store and get you a big old slab of meat and say, look here, I got me a big old slab of meat. Where did it come from? I mean, now they're telling me it's got to be. What did it go? <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who raises cattle. And he says that they're moving into natural beef. And I was like, so what's in natural beef? Is it like a robot? I mean, that don't make sense to me. And he said, well, you know, it doesn't have any additives. Where am I going to put the cheese? (laughs) I mean, come on, man. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? We get into this and all of a sudden we start hearing about it. Where did it come from? I don't know. Did it cook? If it cooked and it smells, eat it. I have people say, well, you know, what kind of diet are you on? That one that comes out of the Bible. Which one is that? Give thanks and eat. That one. Yet I look at all the things that we do on a almost a moment by moment by basis that every human being deals with, and it's by faith. Take something as big as an airplane and throw it up in the sky. Really? Well, I guess it works because I'm back. Although trains were looking good there for a while. Um, out in Kiowa, east of me, it's got a great big old huge water tower. It gives water to the town. Where did the water come from? How do you get that water out of there back down to all these houses and apartment buildings? That Where did it come from? I don't know. That's why we're going to put you on city water. And it's going to be hanging up there in the air like that. So when it gets like really, really cold, do we all run out of water? I don't know how it works. Well, it's gravity fed. Oh, really? Keep it all downhill. Hope it don't break. Listen, faith is part of our human nature. All right. But God has to give a free gift of supernatural faith so you can start believing now in the things that you can't comprehend. Because I, I, I can't. Let's, let's be realistic. How many kings do you know would die for the sake of their people? This isn't a whole lot of them guys. And yet, our king did. And then he wanted to show how successful he was. We raised him from the dead. I don't know about you. That takes. I haven't seen a lot of people raised from the dead. I'll be honest with you. Listen. That human nature side of faith is what God uses to draw people to himself. All right. Now we're in this country, we're becoming very humanistic. Uh, Even our theology is becoming humanistic. That's there a couple of years ago. I can't remember. It's before we moved up here. So it's probably been 10 years ago. There, there was a, thing called open theism and it's it's what will come out of Arminius 
basically, open theism says that God is in the process of learning as we respond to different events. And that's how God learns how to deal with us is through these events. Now, that's heresy. Okay, I mean, on a, on a bad day, that's heresy. On a good day, it is blasphemy. Okay, that's making a comeback. But see, that's humanism. That says that, look, I'm in control of this. And as long as I'm in control of this, then God will respond. That ain't what the Bible teaches. And, and it's, that's the kind of stuff that is going on. But it's humanism. Because humanism says man can figure it out. Well, how does man figure it out if he's dead in his trespasses and sin? I mean, I've been around a number of dead bodies. I don't think they can figure out anything. You know what? They don't even know they're dead. So, no, I I don't see that working. So, when I see all of this... God uses that natural thing that is in us of faith. And we all have it to one degree or another. It draws to the point that by His grace, He gives you faith to open your spiritual ears. And when you believe... You become alive instantly. And it's like a whole new spectrum of things is all of a sudden unleashed before you. And you start looking around at it going, whoa, I can't believe this. God has already released his power. And you know what? We do not need to question God's power. You and I, each of us, have seen it. That's why you are saved. Okay? See, and it goes back, if you look at how Paul laid out chapter 2 of this, he says, I've got to show you that you're dead. Because that's how you're going to get a handle on the miracle of your salvation. Because other than that, you think, well, you know... I've He looked down the course of time, seen how I would respond to it. Heard that? Well, that's corny. Because now you're going to get back into the boasting business. All of us remember chapter one, the first part of that. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. And that happens all of a sudden by his grace through the gift of him giving us faith. We have been saved by faith. It is not of us. It is a gift of God. Go look at the spiritual gifts and it says you will exercise them by the measure of your what? Faith. Why? Because your faith grows. And and you know how it grows? I start reading this more and more. And the more I read it, the more my faith grows. Why? Because then I can start seeing it work. 
I mean, I stood in the little river valley where David clobbered Goliath. And you could see exactly as the Bible described it, where the Philistines were, and you could see where the Jews were. And you could see they were squared off, ready to battle. I saw the hill where Samson carried the gate up and set the gate on fire from the fort. Okay, you see it. And I mean, you're, yeah, if you were down in that town and you looked up, you would see that hillside and you'd say, well, there's my front door up there burning. And you just sit there and go, wow. All right. So is this lucky or what? No. Land of fruit and honey. Listen, I always thought Israel was a desert. That's where they grow blood oranges. And bananas. That's hard to do in a desert. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I'm not a horticulturist, but I'm pretty convinced of that one. Listen, it is a gift of God to believe. There is no works involved in it. You know, people say, well, you read your Bible all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, isn't that works? No. He loves me and these are his love letters to me. And I like to hear what he's saying. That's not work. That's like saying that hey, your girlfriend or your wife or something sends you a letter. Well, she loves me so much I don't want to read it. Really? Don't take it back to him. <laughs> Just an idea. There's no works. Why? Because God, remember what I said yesterday? God wants to boast. He wants to pour himself into each and every one of us in such a way that he can lift us up before the heavenly host and say, look what I did. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. The holy angels are going to go, whoa. (laughs) We knew he was like really good, but that good? Because then people stink. <laughs> and a friend one time says, wouldn't it be easier for us if God made sin smell? I said, now we just get used to it. <laughs> Listen. Now, I don't know if it's an old wives tale or whatever, but I've heard it before. That when a baby is born, you got to swat them so they'll take that first breath. Okay, get, you know, they got it. To, to get into the breathing thing. If you breathe spiritually, it's because God slapped you on the back. Because you had no ability to do it on your own. And if that's what we do to get a, a baby to get into the realization of where it's at and the sphere that it's in, well, God wants us to get in the realization where he's at. And the sphere that we are now in. If we have hears, if we have hearing of faith, it is because God unplugged our ears. Listen, there is no human achievement. Nothing. There was nothing you could do to get faith to believe. How many people... Have you seen that read the Bible and walk away? 
I know, I know people who used to brag to me, I've just memorized Philippians. Oh, really? And, you know, they're divorced four times. They just got out of jail for DUI and all the rest of them. You're sitting there going, well, it didn't stick, did it? <laughs> I mean, that, why don't you just memorize Shakespeare? It'll have the same effect. It's not a human achievement. It's all of God. Every bit of it. Salvation didn't come to you by baptism. Salvation did not come to you by church attendance. Not even the church that you belong to. It was not by giving money. It is not by communion. It's not even keeping the commandments. Not even if you live by the Sermon on the Mount. It doesn't matter if you give to charity. You know what? It doesn't even come by you believe there's a God. It doesn't come by being a good neighbor. By living a respectable life. Listen. We need to be really aware of this, that hell will be loaded with a bunch of nice people. Salvation is through faith. That's what I tell everybody. There's an innumerable ways to come to Christ. There's only one way to God. Through Christ. All right. I've heard some of the stuff coming out of Myanmar. Uh, the Pope is over there. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I am befuddled of the things that he is saying. Uh, there, there is, you know, there's some lawlessness going on and there's some persecution of, of a, a sect of Muslims that are over there. But they ain't the same God. And when he can get up there and say, you know, God is present here with all of these Muslims. No, he ain't. I mean, he's in the general vicinity. But I got news for you. Those people are going to see God. They're not going to be real happy. But I can't believe people can come up and say these things. But that's what we're in the process of right now. It's called humanism. The takeover of society, globalism and all the rest of that stuff is that let me show man's wisdom and we can make God happy. And it ain't going to work. That's what's going on. And we are saved by faith. We come because of God's planning in eternity past says, you will forever be my child. And you are living proof that his plan worked. Each and every one of us. Look, it worked. Salvation is through faith. Salvation is from sin. Salvation is by His love. Salvation is into life. Salvation is with a purpose. But the purpose is all of that is achieved 
through faith. I want to show you this, and we'll just, I'm just going to lay the foundation for this because it kind of ties in with 10 next week. Not a result of works that no one may boast. Okay? But what does he say in 10? We are his workmanships for what? For good works. The result of the faith is good works. If, if you remember, there's a section in the Gospel of John 13 through 17. It's called the Upper Room Discourse. He's had, he has the Lord's table, and then they leave from there, and they go across uh, the Kidron Valley up to the Mount of Olives. Okay? But in the process of this, he's, he kind of gives them a world, uh, a Reader's Digest version of what is about to come down. Okay? But in chapter 15 of that, verse 8, he says this. My Father is glorified by this. Okay, what is God glorified by? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So the faith that you and I have to enter into the body of Christ is to glorify God because he gave it to us. When God saves us, he wants to see in your life his works, his plans. See, because that shows his power. And then he can exalt us before the heavenly host and say, look here. He has the power to save you and me. And the manifestation of that salvation is seeing that power in your good works because that is to his glory. When you have good works, you can look and say, look what God did through me. Who gets the glory? You know, I know for a fact that Balaam's donkey is not bragging running around in heaven. Look what I did. I prophesied Messiah. (laughs) No, he ain't. He has the power to save you. And he manifests that power through your salvation, seeing your good works to his glory. That's why I don't like these uh, methods to build the church or to stir the people up. I remember a guy one time told me, he said, well, you got to get the music up really loud and the lights down low and it primes the pump. And I was like, the what? And he says, yeah, man, he says, it, get, it gets everybody's spirit ready. Ready for what? Okay. I, I, see, where in the world did we come up with this is the worship leader? Who's he? The guy with the guitar? How is that a worship leader? Where did you come up with that? That don't make sense to me. And yet, look at how many people have bought into it. Hook, line, and sinker. 1968. They warned us in England that this thing was coming with the music. And guess what? They were right. 
Charles Spurgeon says that when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, he landed in the choir loft. So this isn't a new phenomenon. The problem is we've become biblically ignorant, so we don't know no better. Or a lot don't, I should say. We should bear much fruit. And we should do it the way God says to do it. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The Great Commission is to do what? Make disciples. It would be very fascinating if you had some information so you could make a disciple. If you don't have that information, shh. It is all to his glories, brothers and sisters. Listen, I'm going to lay this foundation again and, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. I want you to think about this. The Bible speaks a lot about works. Okay? A lot more than people want to, you know, I'm saved by grace through faith. It speaks a lot about works. Let me give you something to think about. In Galatians chapter 2 and 3, the works of the law cannot save you. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, the works of the flesh are evident. In Romans chapter 13 and Ephesians 5 speaks of the works of darkness. And then please don't forget those grandiose dead works of Hebrews chapter 6. Understand, because you and I are alive in Christ... We have been saved from sin. We were saved by his love. We were saved into life. We were saved for a purpose. And we were saved through faith. So that our good works would bring glory and honor to our king. That's what it means to be alive in Christ. And I'll deal with that next week. It's awesome if you think about it. Okay? I mean, totally awesome. The wicked, the despised, the evil, the dead, the vile, and I will make them exalted in heaven. <laughs> Our God rocks. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul, his faithfulness to you, with every breath that you graced him. Lord, I pray for us. I pray for Castle Rock Baptist Church. Lord, that... Uh, we would understand the urgency of the day. Any given moment, this can be over. Help us be found walking worthy. Help us to run the race with endurance. Help us not to be entangled in things of this world. Help us manifest great fruit that only you can take credit for. And may our lives bring glory to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Christ's name. Amen.